last week on Thomas and the Bible. Luke recalls Jesus' instructions for the disciples to stay in Jerusalem because he'll be back really soon. So they return there and pick a replacement for Judas, who spilled his guts after the whole crucifixion thing. A mighty wind gives the apostles the ability to speak other languages and preach to all the Jews in Jerusalem, warning them that the only way to avoid hell was to join the Christians and the Communist Party. Peter heals a lame man at the temple, which was a great attention-getter to preach more Jebus. Miracles still piss off the high priests, but after some threats and bluffs, the disciples are set free to continue to preach the word of Bernie Sanders. I mean, Jesus. With a yawn count of zero. Zero? A yawn count of zero? I will not hear such slander. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Do not try to paint me as someone not completely bored by this Bible, no matter what the reading is. I don't believe it. Someone must have gone back and edited, taken out my yawns. Yeah, it's it's the government. Blame them. There's no there's no way that's true. Or maybe maybe they were yawns, but uh, Kevin just missed them because I I don't I don't accept that. I mean, I I will certainly try to do better. That's all. I mean, what's done is done. You know, the the episode's released. There's not much I can do about it. I don't really believe in going back and like editing the file. So all I can do is. I can I can truly uh, make a solemn promise to be better. I'll, you know, I'll do better in the future. I don't I don't, really don't know what more I can say. You know, it's just one of those things. You just have to either you're going to accept it, accept my apology, and move on uh, with me, or you're not. And I don't. I mean, not sure. I've I'm kind. I don't have any more control over it than that. So uh, pretty pretty devastating to hear a zero yawn count episode took place. That's not something that anyone wants to have happen. You know, certainly not me. Uh, but uh, hey, we can live and learn. All right, so Acts 5, we're going to read Acts. Um, and by it's Acts, not Acts. Um, it'd be kind of funny if it was just Acts. Uh, Acts 5 through 7. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So uh, if you recall, last time I had talked about the, uh, you know, communist tendencies of Jesus' followers, because that's what they did. I mean, Jesus was uh, was very, was a hippie, essentially. And uh, his followers are, are like, yeah, let's every, everybody spread the wealth and uh, everybody needs to share and make sure everyone, no one wants for anything. And so now we hear that some guy's like, yeah, okay. <sighs> okay, there. Definitely a, a yawn right there. Uh, there. We're at one, everybody. So that's, you know, I told you I was turning over a new leaf. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm not going to go a whole episode without yawning at how terrible this is. So, but anyway, uh, somebody named Ananias sold some property, he and his wife, and they they held back some of the money. So they're still giving, it's still, I mean, I don't know, they're still giving a lot of the money to the group for no reason. So in my mind, that's like, yeah, okay. But the guy, so, but Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie with the Holy Ghost, or to lie to the Holy Ghost, sorry, and to keep back part of the price of the land whilst it remained? Was it not thine own after it was sold? Was it not thine own power? 
Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? So he just knew somehow. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And a great fear came on all them that heard these things. So he just died. That's uh, pretty effective, I guess. Pretty effective deterrent where it's like, how dare you hold back this money? And he just goes, oh, my heart. And then he just dies. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. Well, now they're getting all that money, that's for sure. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what he was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her and said, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Ah, yea, for so much. Meaning like in a specific amount. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then guess what, guys? She fell straight away and died and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. So this is a pretty great power that this guy has or God or somebody, because I mean, he could conquer any number of countries or territories or whatever. Just be like, and you die and you die. And, and they just, oh, and they stand. I don't know who's making this happen. If they just, Maybe when you finally confront people with the knowledge that they lied, then they just die in this universe we're living in. But, Or if God specifically curses them. <sighs> Got another yacht in there, just, just to make sure. Just in case the first one didn't stick, that one for sure. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought, well, mostly for the free health care and the social safety net, right? I mean, how many people, that, that ought to bring in a couple of convertees, especially if you have no possessions, like, oh yeah, I'm in, uh, let, let me join this commune. <laughs> So what's the what's the minimum weight? What's the basic guaranteed income around here? I I have nothing personally. I don't have any possessions or anything. But uh, I hear, oh yeah, Jesus Christ, He's Lord, man, totally. So how much do I get? Healthcare? What do I get? What, what do we t- three square meals a day? What are we talking? That guy sold a property and didn't give all the money to us. How dare he? Uh, in so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them. <laughs> Oh, I'm extra yawn. You know, it's just the ebb and flow. You know, sometimes I don't yawn at all. Sometimes I yawn 2,500 times per episode. It's just, just how it goes. And so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. That, that at the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. What the? Hold on. Sometimes the King James, uh, King James was a little awkward at times in his English and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Okay, so they want to see Peter's shadow for some reason. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they that were healed, every one, or and they were healed, every one. Then the high priest, so there's just all kinds of miracles. This is the kind of thing that, you know, it's pretty incredible. There's healing people left and right. 
people are are dying spontaneously. I mean, just the kind of stuff you would have heard about from more sources than just this book, which is the sect of the Sadducees. Sorry. Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in their common prison. So as is the case, we found throughout history, according to the Bible, whenever someone's doing a lot of good, cleaning up the streets, curing people of diseases, healing them, giving basic uh, medical and basic income to people, that so, you know, there's always someone who wants to put a stop to that. Like, oh, how dare you perform incredible supernatural miracles? This will not stand. And uh, let's see, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go and stand, stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. So they were arrested and put in jail. And then an angel just let them out of the jail. Um, according to the Bible as an angel probably could have been, you know, a human in real life, but, <laughs> but we'll take it. And ain't sure. An angel came and let them out. And then they're like, yeah, we're free. And and when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told saying, this prison truly found we shut with all safety. Oh, so they were lifted out magically, I guess. And the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching people. Well, that's embarrassing. The, probably the most embarrassing thing to happen uh, when you lock people up for teaching people is that the next day they're in the temple teaching people. <laughs> that's got to irk you a little. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Yeah, that's funny that the authorities didn't ask him, like, First off, how'd you get out of our jail? Can you explain that one to us? Because according to the surveillance footage, no, it's like, according to this Bible, they were magically airlifted out with no one. The guards were still there and the and the jail cell was still locked. So, But it's funny, it's interesting that that line of questioning is skipped. They're like, uh, never mind that. <laughs> never mind the impossible escape that you managed. Would you guys please stop teaching? <laughs> the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. What? That's not what happened. Is that what happened, according to you? I don't think it was a tree. He, uh, him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named 
Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in a, uh, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed of yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. So someone's about to kill them, and then this guy who has a good reputation or something speaks up. For before these days rose up Thudius, or no, Thudus, I don't know how to say that, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of taxing, of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, also he perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, Refrain from these men and let them alone, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed, and when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So basically a guy came and said like, hey, I remember a few times, like this happens all the time. Some guy comes up and people follow him and then we kill that guy and then they disperse. But then the weird thing is he's like, so don't hurt these apostles. I don't know why he said that because the logic of what he's saying seemed to me to be, yeah, kill him and then we'll be fine. But apparently he said, don't kill them because if they're of God, then you're battling against God. If they're not of God, then whatever or something. So I don't know why he even brought up those examples because they didn't didn't really serve. People couldn't logic very good back then. Acts 6, and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians and their formula. No, it's just the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. And then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and of Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the work of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and the great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Uh, okay, so Stephen, is, so they've got, they're raising up other followers, and Stephen apparently is like one of the best followers, and he's doing miracles. Because everyone did back then, just plenty. Ton, pretty much everyone could do miracles back then. Like, it's it's pretty amazing that all the apostles were doing miracles, like obviously Jesus could, all this stuff, and people are like, yeah, no, there's some miracles. Miracle workers, especially among these Christians. <laughs> According to this book, the only miracle workers were the Christians. But no, people didn't take note of that and convert or anything. They're just like, yeah, what are you going to do? 
Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians, and of them of Sicilia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses and said, This man ceaseth ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been in the uh, the face of an angel. So people uh, trumped up some charges against Stephen because they don't like him, and then um, that's then they they he's in tr- trial, I think. Yeah. So they took him to trial, and they they got all these charges, and then finally they're going to let Stephen speak, and then now we're on Acts seven. Then said the high priest, "Are these things so?" And he said, Men, brethren, so finally Stephen gets to speak. Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Sharan. Okay, let me just warn you. He basically is going to sum up the whole Old Testament. (laughs) He just like talks about the history of everything we already know. So that's what you're hearing, just just in case. So you can kind of tune out if you want for a little while. And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall shew thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans, and dwelt in Sharon, or Charon. From thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession, and to his seed after him when as yet he had no child. At this point, if I were the the prosecutor, I'd have been like, look, just it was a yes or no question. <laughs> we just asked you if you were blaspheming. That's it. We don't, this is, so far you've gone back like 2,000 years in history. I don't think that's going to be crucial to the answer of whether or not you were saying something the other day. Like you can just start with yesterday and say like, what happened yesterday? You don't need, there's no way we need to know all this. And God spake on this wise, that his seed should sojourn in a strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil for hundred years, oh, four hundred years, actually, number four hundred years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God, and after it, and after that shall they come forth and serve me in this place. And he gave him the covenant of circumcision, and so Abraham begat Isaac, and circumcised him the eighth day, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat the twelve patriarchs. And the patriarchs, moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him, and delivered him out of all his afflictions, and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all the house. And now there came a dearth over the land of Egypt. Objection, your honor! I I would have done that several times, too. Objection, this is still like a thousand years ago. We're still, we haven't even gotten to now. We haven't even gotten to this century. Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt. They must have not had, you know, much to do back then. They're just like, oh, okay, we'll sit and listen to a story. I mean, how long could it take? Four or five weeks? I mean, let's hear them out. 
Now there came a dearth over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and great affliction, and our fathers found no sustenance. But when Jacob heard that there was corn in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And at the second time Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. Then sent Joseph and called his father Jacob to him, and all his kindred threescore and fifteen souls. So Jacob went down into Egypt and died, he and our fathers, and were carried over into Sichem, or Sichem or something, and laid in the sepulcher that Abraham bought for a sum of money of the sons of Emor, the father of Sichem. And when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose, and which knew not Joseph. The same dealt subtly with our kindred, and evil entreated our fathers, so that they cast out their young children. To the end they might not live. In which time Moses was born, and was exceeding fair, and nourished up in his father's house three months. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him for his own, for her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in the words and deeds. And when he was full forty years old, it came to his heart to visit his brethren and children, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he, was, for he supposed his brethren would have understood how the God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And the next day he shewed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do do ye wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Oh, perfect. Bring up the Egyptian I murdered. Oh, classic. Classic guy. I mean, come on. Not ad hom. Ad hominem, okay? Just because I murdered a guy yesterday. You think that's just a a free ticket to win your argument? No. Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Median, where he begat two sons. Well, he wasn't a stranger to somebody. (laughs) Uh, A little Bible humor for you. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sina an angel of the Lord and a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen I have seen the affliction of my people which was in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. This Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same God, the same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that he had shewed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and the Red Sea. And it must have been about this time Stephen noticed everyone in the uh, courthouse or wherever they were uh, was sleeping. So then he made his escape and all was well. And that was that was the end. The end. Now he's still going. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. 
This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel, which spake to him in the mounts in Mount yeah in the Mount Sina, which might be Sinai. I don't I don't know. They always use different names for stuff. It's hard to keep track of it. And with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us, to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them, and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt, saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And they made a calf in those days, and offered sacrifice unto the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. O ye house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness? Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch, the star of your god Rephim, uh, Rephan, Remphan, sorry, figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him an house, howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me? Saith the Lord, or what is the place of thy rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers? Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? Finally, he's getting to his point. His point is that whenever there's a prophet, that the Jews always persecute that prophet. So he's saying like that's what you're doing with me. But he, boy, did he take a long ass time to get to that. So maybe, maybe that's why you're being persecuted, Stephen, because you take a really, really long time to get to your point. And they have slain them which shewed before the coming of the just one, in capitals, uh, capital letters, just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murders. And he's like, right up into Jesus. Remember, ye murdered him. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I wouldn't fall asleep if I were being stoned. That would probably be the one time I would not fall asleep. I'd stay awake for that. Probably try to run away or do something. I don't know what. I mean, maybe, maybe there's not much you can do. But uh, but sleep, I mean, kudos to someone who can sleep. There are some people who just can sleep at any time. It's pretty amazing, you know. No matter if it's a little noisy or a little bright. 
outside or what or what have you on airplanes or you know being stoned to death. There's, some people could just sleep any any time. Uh, yeah. So first off, this I found this pretty hilarious when I read it uh, because he he tells a story for about a year, and then at the end of the story, they're like, "Did anyone care? just stone him? Just stone the guy? I can't listen to this anymore." No, supposedly his story cut to their hearts. And and they knew they really know he's right, but they still stone him because that's what people do in the Bible. Uh, but really, I would have. They probably stoned him out of boredom. They're like, just stop with all the talk. You could have just said, "I'm sorry, I didn't do it. I'm sorry. I've been framed. We would have been fine." Um, and then the the other thing they always do, which I find funny, is they always say like, "Oh Lord, don't punish them." So the so the guy's getting stoned, like not in a good way, stoned to death. Stephen's getting stoned. And he goes, "Lord." Don't blame them for this. And I always think, like, yeah, no, blame them for this. <laughs> Who else's fault is it, by the way? It's either it's either your fault or something or theirs. I, there's not a lot of options, you know? I don't know who else you can blame. If anyone can be blamed for anything, then these people probably can be blamed for stoning you to death. I, I'll never understand that. I think in one of the Gospels, Jesus says that too, like, oh, they don't know what they do. It's like, yeah, but you can still blame them for it. <laughs> Cause, cause you could say that about any sin, like oh he, you know whatever he did. It's like ah, oh, don't blame him for that. He cheated on his wife. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's like nah, you just really you should just blame people for when they do stuff. I never get that. Okay, so that's my show. Um, this has been T and the B, and uh, as usual, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to support the show, go to Patreon.com/slash T and the B. Make a donation and uh, very small. You won't even notice it. Look, I spend like a a certain amount just on a coffee, you know, and don't even think anything to it. You can spend that amount for the whole month and and support the show that you know and love and uh, all the time and boredom and my life, good years of my life I've had to put into this project. I'm probably going to die very young. Uh, because this is just taking the life out of me. But, uh, you know, look, I'm not trying to get sympathy points. I'm just saying I likely will be taken from the earth at a very young age because of what I've had to put up with on your account, you know, for you, who's, who's not even a patron. So look, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. (laughs) Just saying literally my, my blood is on your hands. If you don't (laughs) donate to the patreon.com slash T and the B, but look, I'm not, not that I'm blaming you. I'm just saying like, you're literally causing my death and not even giving me a dollar an episode for it. So if, I mean, if you're cool with that, it's, (laughs) <laughs> I'm just teasing. Okay. So uh, thank you so much to my top patrons, John Bodley, Chris Lukowski, Marcel, Sarah McPike, Japan Dan, Katie, Stacy Sweeney, George Green, Charles Bangwiener, Tom Chambers, Brian Gareford, Lee Primesberger, John P., Travis Peterson, Eriberto, and Rob. Thank you, guys. You are the best. You are, you, my death is not on your hands. My death is off of your hands. Um, so thank you guys so much for the kind kind, kind donations for keeping the show going. I'm looking to try to get some merch or something. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, maybe shirts or mugs or something. I'm looking into that. And if I do, rest assured, patrons will, will get that stuff for free. Uh, you know, of course. I'll, I'll Maybe I'll be able to work in some better rewards for you. But uh, okay, thank you for listening and I will see you guys next week. <laughs>